Welcome to a podcast that has more than 15,000 people viewing um, one particular episode. And yes, that would be the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. I am Corey J. Richmond, joined as always by Jason Anthony Brooks. Jason, how you doing? And uh, how does it feel to actually have people listening in droves to a wrestling podcast? <laughs> it feels phenomenal, man. Um, we had a great episode uh, last week with Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Again, thank you again, Jason. Um, and it was phenomenal. Uh, very excited about the podcast, and hopefully we can continue to get some, uh, you know, get a good amount of listeners. And uh, once again, that was uh, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, and you can check him out on Twitter at ProWrestling.net. Uh, and we'd like to thank him for actually spotlighting us on his uh, website, which was, was great, to say the least. Yeah, I agree. Now, uh, everyone, you know, we're going to continue trying to bring you the, the best uh, guests, the best content we can. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, there might be shows where I decide that, eh, I'm going to go on two hours of sleep and it may not be great. But, you know, Jay will always bring it his A game. Me, I'm, I'm lucky if I'm the, a B-plus player in, you know, Stephanie McMahon's mind. Well, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have off for the entire summer, so I'll be I'll be rocking and wearing to go then. Right now, I'm start, I'm slowing down a little bit. I got a I've got like a couple of cups of coffee in me, and I'm ready to go. If not for the coffee, I'd probably be falling asleep right now. And uh, let's 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 start out this week with uh, something that we spoke about with Jason Powell, and also before on a previous show, which everyone should always check out. Seth Rollins, The Shield. They're still two members. They kind of, in I guess their own way, WWE, if you want to poke a little fun at the, the wrestling world, who said, oh, maybe we'll bring a third member of the Shield. So we had a, a six-man tag where they decided to throw in the one person that, you know, you would think would is nowhere as cool as the Shield. You know, we got but we got to stick him in, and anything that matters, John Cena. How would you feel about uh, Seth Rollins' you know, response to why he turned and how they handled the first night? of when actual wrestling people are actually watching, because, you know, we don't exactly count SmackDown at times. So I really like the Rollins promo. Um, I always watch Raw twice, so I rewatched it again, and I liked a lot of the things he said. I thought his promo was really solid. I thought he took his time and was methodical in his pace, and he really let the crowd kind of get into it a little bit. Um, some of his great – some of the lines – one of the lines that, uh, that I loved is – they were chanting that he sold out, he sold out, and goes, I didn't sell out, I bought in to the evolution of Seth Rollins. I love that line. Um, so I thought his promo was great. Um, I like his music, which I think is like a slower version of his NXT FCW music. Um, I was not crazy with why he broke it off, but I guess it does make sense in saying that, listen, we got to the height of where we can get to as a group. And now it's time for me to stand out as an individual. You know, I guess I didn't mind that. He could have not knocked his buddies in the back of uh, back with a steel chair. But I like where that went. Um, I really enjoyed Ambrose and Reigns' promo together. I think they complement each other pretty well, actually. You know, Ambrose is more of a talker. He talks a little longer. Um, and Reigns is kind of more, you know, straight to the point. So I actually think those guys, at least promo-wise, really complement each other. So I, I thought they handled it okay. I would have liked the Rollins promo. I, I said this on Twitter, at work, shoot pod. I would have liked the Rollins promo to have been the last thing that we saw. I mean, Triple H said, okay, this is it. It's the end of the Shield. And then at the main event, they won the match. 
So it wasn't the end of the shield. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see where they go with the shield from here. Um, but I did like the Rollins promo and I like the shields promo. I didn't love their match and they were the main event and then they won the match. So some good, mostly good, some not so good. What are your thoughts, Corey? Uh, you know what? I like the Rollins promo. I thought it was concise. I thought he actually did pretty well with being on the live audience by himself, not having to rely on other people, which I thought was a good sign. I like Dean Ambrose's promo. I thought that I think Dean Ambrose. I still think Dean Ambrose, like most people, should have been the guy they turned because of his character and you know the psychotic type of promos he does. I thought that was really well done. But you know, smiling Roman Reigns. Happy-go-lucky, you know, at points. I, did, I wasn't, and like I said, I'm not the hugest fan of him in ring. I know he does the high spots that are great with intensity. But once again, I did not see him as a main event caliber promo guy, which I understand he's new. He's not going to be there yet. And I know that Dean Ambrose has been doing, you know, promos on the indies for years, and he's created a character and everything else. He's very competent on the mic. But... I, I, I wasn't I didn't really find Roman Reigns very believable, and I like to see what they're going to do. Oh, now. No, hold on, you said not believable. He is a guy who kicks ass. Every one of his promos has been short and to the point. He wasn't laughing like ha ha, this is funny. It was more of a come on, you got to be freaking kidding me. Um, I, I thought his I thought his promo was very believable. I thought it, it was we're going to kick I'm going to kick your ass, and that's. That's what all of his promos are. Now, you could say his promos are somewhat one-dimensional. You know, you could say that. But I definitely think his promos are legit. He needs to get better, obviously, because uh, eventually he's going to need to talk a little differently, not just kind of cut the same promo when it's just him. But I thought his promo was very believable. He was pissed. He goes, you don't, he goes, this, you don't mess with certain these certain things. You don't stab your brothers in the back. You stab us in the back. We're going to get you. I mean, I thought it was very believable. I thought it was straight to the point. I thought it was very effective. All right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I was expecting a little bit more from him in that promo. But let's get to the idea of what I was bringing up, Cena. I, I understand that Cena is the biggest guy in the company. He's the face of the company and everything else. But, you know, if you're going to get Cena away from Bray Wyatt and let them start new things, the first show that Bray Wyatt's back on that, you know, like I said, once again, the people – Watching droves because, like I said, SmackDown. I don't know if everybody watches SmackDown. If you look at the ratings every week, but could have that not been used by someone else? I mean, I know this is will never happen because of his place in the company. But the first match that Seth Rollins has, the match that he's going to have tonight, a main event, he'll be facing Dolph Ziggler. You couldn't give Dolph Ziggler that spot where at least well, maybe make a little yeah. Technically, his first match was on SmackDown against Ziggler. I don't right. know if you saw that match; it was awesome. Very good. Match. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really good match. Um, they don't, they don't want to put Ziggler over. I mean, he lost against Del Rio in the Money in the Bank qualifier match. They're all set with them. I agree. I don't like Cena in that spot. I thought they should have got him away from Bray Wyatt. The other issue is, why are you making Bray Wyatt lose the match? He just comes back. You know, they make they they. He went from main event guy to losing a main event. You know, Mick Carter. I, I didn't like that that element to it at all. Um, you know, have the Shield in a three-on-two match against the Wyatts. Why not do it? Why not do that? Or don't have Bray Wyatt wrestle. Have Ronan Harper against the Shield. 
And I, that, there's other ways they could have done it, I feel like. Or don't have Bray on television at all and have the two Wyatts team with somebody else to go against the Shield. Why expose Wyatt this early? Can't disagree with you on that one. Uh, and, you know, on the same page, going in a little bit of a different direction, but you, last week we're building up the idea of the Wyatt family going for the tag team titles, beating the living hell out of the Usos, winning against them clean, and all of a sudden the Usos are in a, a gimmick tag team match against uh, Fandango and the guy who does the most with, with nothing, Damian Sandow. I mean, what happened to that feud? I mean, I understand you don't have to do everything every week back to back, but can we have a little bit of consistency in the storyline that the Wyatts are interested in getting the tag team titles? Yeah, I, I like the idea of building, you're right, building off of what happened. I mean, it, even if you put them in a gimmick match or, or put Sandow in a gimmick match, put them against somebody else, it didn't make, it didn't make sense. I mean, but, you know, every week is a three-hour show, so you can't maybe have stuff build on things every week. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that made sense either. I, I didn't see the point of having the Wyatts lose there. Who wins there? They, they, no, nobody wins. I guess you're saying that the Shield is still there and still around, but Triple H just said it's going to be the end of the Shield. Uh, Rollins said it's going to be the end of the Shield. Now the Shield is fine. Does that lessen Rollins' heel turn because he beat the hell out of him, said the Shield is over, said I'm the brains of the Shield, said I'm the architect of the Shield, they're not going to do anything. Then an hour later, they beat the Wyatts in a six-man tag. You know, does that lessen the effectiveness of his promo and his heel turn? Um, you know, I think it doesn't because the authority is the heel, and, you know, the heel is always supposed to be, like, kind of proven wrong on what their statements are. So I don't see that as big of a deal as you do because, like I said, the idea is for the good guys to overcome. Wrestling is really a simple story, good over evil, at the end of the day, as much as we hate it, like with the John Cena's of the world, good, even if it sometimes doesn't make sense, like at the end of a movie, the good guy is going to win. Good guy gets the girl, and the good guy goes home and, you know, continues being the good guy, and he's the hero of the story. So, really, at the end of the day, we're going to have, you know, Triple H, you know, be proven wrong. Yeah, but I, I, I understand that, but part of it is the, I don't think the good guy overcomes you know, an hour after the bad guy says he's going to lose. I mean, I know in a movie form that does happen. But in wrestling, usually right after he says, that's it, it's going to be the end, then an hour later, everything's fine. I feel like they could have had more maybe to overcome rather than just win this match. Um, I would have liked to have seen them lose, seen them lose for a second time. You know, after getting that, you know, getting those wins against Evolution, they were in pretty good shape. They could withstand getting, you know, beat up by rounds and then losing the next week on a Raw. I thought it would have been nice to have them overcome a little bit more. It would have meant more. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it. I don't. I think it works either way. Actually, in my opinion, if they win, it just continues to show that the Shield is a strong entity. If they lose, it, it actually makes Round look good when. Rollin is the bad guy, so it's I, I don't know. Either way would work for me, but let's uh, let's move on to the title picture, which was cleared up a little bit now. Daniel Bryan 
according to his doctor, who actually was the actual doctor that WWE uses. Was that the actual doctor? Yeah, he was as boring. Yeah, he, he didn't seem like a bad actor, like some of the other doctors. They've like the other doctors they've had. They've been like these awful actors. His elbow is very injured. Oh no, I mean his neck is very injured, and he'll be unable to compete. Yeah, this guy actually seemed like a legit doctor. So uh, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, we now know that he's not going to come back earlier than he's ready, at least uh, in basically you know three weeks. And what we spoke about last week on the show, hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't see Kane get thrown into this, you know, this this ladder match. Uh, but now we're going to have a new champion. In the in the short run, it's good to see the title defended. In the long run, I continue to wonder what that's going to mean for Daniel Bryan as a character. You have any thoughts on that? So there's so, there's a lot of areas to go here. A lot of rumors that. I don't know. We'll see. I want to get into them. We'll see when we do. Um, I, I I feel bad for Brian. I mean, last week he had John Cena defending him. This week he was stripped of the title, and apparently Stephanie McMahon's secretary called him, and he didn't pick up, and he didn't go to Raw. So, I mean, your champion wasn't on Raw two weeks in a row, and you had another guy defending him, and then basically... You know the you know the McMahon's buried him, not really buried him, but kind of buried him in their promo a little bit, and he didn't even come out to defend himself. You know, it's an issue. And when he comes back, is are the fans still going to be as into it as they were? I think maybe they tried to do that and tried to set that up a little bit um, this week by not having him on the show and by having Stephanie and Triple H really kind of dogging him. So that when he comes back, the fans will get back into him. But I think it's hard to to restart. You know, he gets pushed, and they stop the push, and he gets restarted, and he gets hurt. I don't know. I, I feel that he'll be a main event guy, and maybe things will restart like they were. But I really fear for for his character and him getting that push. I got a really silly, silly question. If he wasn't there, and he didn't know that they were stripping him, how did, the, how did they get the titles? I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. But if you look, okay, I, this is how ridiculous. Are I they am. replica titles? Is that no? This is how ridiculous I am. I looked at the titles. You know how the WWE Championship has? You will have like the person's logo on it, like the Yes Chance or. Cena's logo, whatever. Mm-hmm. The belt did not have a logo on it. It just had WWE. So I would suspect that they actually made their own, made two separate titles and hung those up. That's a lot of money to pay for just not to get Daniel Bryan to come over. Well, they have, well, they, well, they have a couple of different titles anyway. And they're going to need a new title when they give it to whoever they give it to. So I don't know. But, yes, I, I did think about that, which is ridiculous that I did. And, you know, it just means that you're paying, paying more attention than the average person. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I said, while while that was mostly going on, I was watching twenty four in the hockey game. So that's the beauty well, of DVR. Well, this is a question. So what's up uh, to the rumors? What about the idea that we don't have a WWE World Heavyweight Champion? What is it, what about the idea that we have a WWE World Champion and a World Heavyweight Champion again? Oh Christ! Uh, let's not have that. 
I'm, I like the idea of one champion makes the championship actually matter. When you have a champion on Raw and a champion on SmackDown, it basically makes one championship more important than the other. I mean, I guess they've been leaning, keeping their options open due to the fact they've never actually made one new title. So I guess that will always be there. But I'm, I'm actually one of those people who believes that one, one company, one champion. Then how come they haven't made the? How come they haven't made the belt one yet? I think maybe uh, they think the image of a guy holding two titles makes uh, makes it twice imp- twice as important being the champion. Or I mean, they just, or they just I mean, uh, don't want to get rid of the uh, Ric Flair's belt, and you know because it actually to some people it means something like me and you. Because I'm guessing if they ever got rid of one of the titles, it would be the uh, the twenty pounds of gold. I mean, probably, but, you know, I, I think if you're going to have a WWE World Heavyweight Champion, you have to combine the belts. And I love the Ric Flair's belt. You know, that's my favorite belt of all time. But, I mean, why have two belts? It doesn't make any sense. And if you are going to split the titles again, this could be a way to do it. Well, what do you say? You have two Money in the Bank matches, or you do one of these ridiculous things where there's two guys and one one uh, Sheamus gets one belt, and then Randy Orton takes down the other. Is that what uh, you think? That's where we're going here, or or Seth Rollins could find his way into the match. Seth Rollins takes down one belt. Randy Orton takes down another. So you're already splitting up the new Evolution based on. Uh, well, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be split up. They'd both be the champions. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there a, a scenario that they could do if they wanted to shake things up because the way it's looking now, Corey, what are you gonna do? Have Cena be the champion again? Again? I mean, have Orton be the champion again? We've seen that. Sheamus be the champion? I mean, I don't know where they. I really don't know where they go with it. Um, I know they kind of teased Brock, you know, Heyman kept looking, looked up to the belts and kind of hinted that Brock was going to come up. You give the belts to Cesaro, maybe a little early for him to be champion. I mean, where, where do you see them going with this? Well, I like the one person you did not mention was Del Rio, which I might be uh, wrong. He's but... a, yeah, he's a, he's a hominid. Come on. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Which was, you know, the one thing that was funny, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure when I heard the uh, Stephanie McMahon telling everybody, you know, that we're going to have people in the match, that she said that Alberto Del Rio won uh, his match on SmackDown, not Raw. <laughs> She's not watching it either. I don't know if she's actually watching the show she's actually on. Let's, let's be honest here. I mean, I honestly think that I don't, I don't even know. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I don't know who, who you give a title to. I think it would be an awful idea to have two champions again because then it kind of goes and takes away the idea that Daniel Bryant, when he does get back and, you know, hopefully wins a title again, I mean, see what, he's got to win two different titles again? I mean... I just think splitting the titles just doesn't make sense. Okay. Then in that case, they have one champion. Who, who, who should win the title? I think it's a little early to say until we know all the guys in it. But I mean, Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Wanna, maybe, maybe it's a little early. If you want to strap the, the rocket to somebody and you want to really give this heel turn a true chance, sink or swim, I guess you go with Seth Rollins. 
But I'm not even sure if Seth Rollins is going to be involved in the Money in the Bank. It doesn't. It doesn't look like he is because if because and I thought about this yesterday too when Triple H just anointed Randy Orton in. If Rollins was his boy, would he not have just anointed Rollins in? Because I, you know I don't know where they're what they're setting up with the Shield whether it's a I don't a three way match or a Reigns against. Rollins match or uh, Ambrose against Rollins. I'm not sure where they're what they're leaning toward, but and, and also remember Rollins is also a great put, person to put his money in the banks with his you know his ability through the air. So I you know it hey, doesn't look like hey, so is uh, so is RVD and so is Dolph Ziggler and neither one of those guys are in the match. So I'm not surprised by anyone you know being or not being in this match. Yeah, well you know how they have how they have to do it with the you know. Uh, basically, almost a, the same amount of heels and, and baby faces. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with that. But it looks like Rollins isn't going to be in it um, because why give him a qualifying match? He turned himself. He's Triple H's boy now. He should just be put into the match, and, and that'd be a real heel way to put him in too by just having Triple H put him in. So I, I don't. I don't see him being in the match at all. How about this, Corey? Another kind of crazy rumor, right? Oh, we got what about two the rumors. Idea, okay. What'd you say? We got two rumors. All right. What about the idea of there being a second Money in the Bank match? On the same show or later on in the year? Same show. They've had two. They, they usually they used to have two matches when they were two titles. Now, are you saying one title in each one or one for the Money in the Bank? One, one for, for the Money the- in the Bank. I like the idea that it's been floating around. The idea that you just you would it would I think it would help him to get more heel heat. You just have Triple H give the money in the bank to Seth Rollins, being you know uh-huh. being the golden child. I mean, I always liked Money in the Bank being at WrestleMania. Uh, I think it. I, I really think with the way that things have been going, I think it makes makes it less special and important if you have two Money in the Bank matches now. I think. One title, one money in the bank, and I understand the situation's a little bit different now because of what happened with Bryant, but I go with just the one money in the bank, and I just give the uh, money in bank to uh, Seth Rollins. I think, though, how do you fill the card up? I mean, if you're, you know, if they have, I mean, how many guys do they have, seven or eight or six to eight guys in it? That's a lot of their, a lot of their talent, talent and a lot of their main event talent. So what do they do with those guys? How do they fill out the rest of the of the car? Well, I think a match that we we're gonna get will be uh, Wade Barrett, who lost, and RVD, who lost. I can see them, you know. Again, again. Ugh. I mean, that's that. fine. I mean, I mean, that's fine. Is the you know we also know what the result's gonna be. Sure, they could put that match on there again. I mean, you could put on the Wyatts, the Wyatt family tag team uh, versus. The Usos for the tag team titles. Okay. You, can, you might be able to, if you want to do it quickly, a blow-off of uh, the Rhodes brothers possibly on this card, even though I think they'll most likely push that out a little while longer. Okay. You know, but you know what? This and a lot of other things we'll discuss with our guests when we come right back. Jville Johnny 23 returns to the show. Jonathan Olivo will be back, and we will too. You're listening to the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. A podcast that uh, 15,000 people viewed last week. No, 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 no. I bought in. 
I bought into the evolution of Seth Rollins. For two years, every night, I came out here and I put my fist out and I said, believe in this shield. And every night, what I meant is what I'm going to tell you right now. Is that you and everybody else better start believing in Seth Rollins. 15,552. Enough said. Welcome back to the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, where we are now joined by Jonathan Olivo. And our Twitter handle is jvilljohnny23. John, uh, welcome back to the show. It's been a little while. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, just a disclaimer, I told Corey uh, off the air, uh, 15,000, that's pretty amazing. I'm not so sure following it up with a Puerto Rican is the best idea, but if that's what you guys want to do, here I am. <laughs> a fellow member, or, or I should say a member of the LWO, John. I think, John, you'll do a good job on, on following up. We have... We have faith in you. I'll, You'll bring the numbers in for us. I'll do my best. I should at least bring in the bilingual audience anyway, so. She. Well, pretty good. Call me off guard. But uh, let's, let's start off where we actually ended the last segment. Love to get your point of view on uh, Seth Rollins, the, the title picture, Money in the Bank. Any quick thoughts on any of that stuff? Yeah, sure. I... Uh, wholeheartedly agree with Jay. I thought Seth Rollins' promo was very solid. Um, I actually agree. I thought I, I actually thought it started off a little slow, and then all of a sudden, he just, it's like the vibe just picked up. He just fell into character. He fell into that role so beautifully. I thought he responded to the crowd great. I think that was awesome. Um, I had kind of some interesting back-and-forth banter with um, some Facebook people, and we were talking about, you know, what might be interesting going forward. And um, I know you guys hit on the fact that why did they throw John Cena in there? And some of the people who were having a conversation, oh, it'd be great, you know, if the Shield didn't go out, the Shield didn't die out, you know, maybe the Shield have a last run, maybe they pick up another member. And I know Jay was mad because he said, well, Triple H said the Shield were about to go out, and an hour later they win a match. Well, maybe their battle becomes every week trying to find a way to survive. And maybe that leads into them trying to find a third member once again to, to sustain some sort of life. I know there are Dean Ambrose fans that that cannot wait to unleash Dean Ambrose onto the solo scene. And I get that. And, I, and I'm with that. But maybe there is some sort of life there to finding another member. And I have another member in mind. I think you guys might kill me for it, though. Um, Jay, would you like to guess who, on, uh, who this member is? Or do we like... Johnny over here, uh, let us get angry. <laughs> before before you continue, before he t- tells us who this mystery member is, um, if we had the production, I would say we should do drum rolls. But I think it's a very, very interesting uh, uh, thing that he said as far as overcoming every week having to have a different guy out there. I don't think that's the direction they're going to go because especially because they had Cena come out the first week. Ugh. But... Um, I uh, it would be it would be a very interesting storyline if they went that way. Anyway, who who is it? I'm eager. Okay, first of all, let's do a guess. Is it an NXT guy or a guy currently on the roster? Currently on the roster. Is he a job and, 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 and let me, uh, let me mid card guy or main event? Let me preface this by saying there, there, there really are two guys, and the logical side of me leans towards one guy in particular. 
And the illogical side of me who says you're a total idiot for thinking this, you know, is going the other way. So the logical side of me, Mid Carter. The illogical side of me, main event. Go for it. Well, Corey, which one do you want to hear about first? Um, I'm gonna go. You better go mid carder first if you don't want to be mad. <laughs> All right, the, let's. Who do you think the mid card guy is? I think I know who the main event guy is. Mid card guy, we'll go. Uh, we'll go for for. Uh, we'll go Sandow. Sandow. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Dolph Ziggler. Okay, mid card guy. One of you is right. It was Dolph Ziggler. And I think Dolph Ziggler only got brought up because I think fans, like Jason put out, and we've talked about several times, fans are so desperate to see something happen with Ziggler. I don't think WWE knows what they want to do with him. I don't know if they have faith in him. I think that's part of the problem. Um, But I think the fans definitely have faith in him, and they want to see something happen. Now, the alternative to that... Hold on on a second. You said you knew who the main eventer was, Jay. Uh, I, before you do say, I want to say that uh, who on the current roster not named John Cedar or Randy Orton is considered a main eventer? Brian. All right. Uh, is that the guy you were thinking? Or? No. I, I think it's John Cena. Corey? Uh, I'm try- like I said, I'm trying to figure out who we consider main eventers. I mean, I just because of his style, maybe you can put... Sheamus in there, but I mean that he's the same. He may be playing the same role as Roman Reigns. Um, I'll stop you right here. It okay. was it was Cena, okay. And I'm going to tell you why. I have an explanation now. Before I get into that, back to Ziggler real quick. The other conversation the people were having on Facebook was that instead of that, instead of seeing Ziggler thrown into the mix with other guys who are trying to prove themselves as well, maybe Ziggler would be better off with. A guy like Ric Flair as a manager and just leave Ziggler by himself, which we all would prefer to see. That's 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 our that was our consensus. The only reason why I said Cena was this. Think back to this view with the Wyatts, okay? Think about how good that was for not just Bray Wyatt, but for the other members of the Wyatt family. I mean, every week you could bash Cena all you want. Every week, that feud was so good for everyone involved. And all of a sudden, I think if you have Cena... I mean, they did work good together in the ring. They did look good together. I liked how Cena didn't know if he should watch his back against them. And they were kind of looking at him like, yeah, we teamed together, but you know, watch your back because we might beat you up any second. I don't know. Something about it seemed a little Hulk Hogan NWO-ish to me to have you know a big star... Join up with these guys. He has no business being with them. But it's not about putting, not just about putting the shield over, but it's about using Cena's stardom to put younger guys over and solidify them. I mean, that's what WWE needs to do with a guy like Cena. What else are you going to do with Cena? You're going to have him fight matches with Randy Orton and, and, and Sheamus that we've seen a bunch of times and we're bored by? Use him to build guys up. I think it'd be so awesome. Yeah, but, uh, okay, so the Cena thing's an interesting one. Is he going to really elevate them? I mean, people were chanting for Roman Reigns yesterday. I don't think he need. I don't think they need his help. And and, and as a matter of fact, you know, and and Jason Powell last week said it, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Roman Reigns is the coolest guy in the WWE. He's a guy that the adult fans like, 
that the kids like. He's got the tribal tattoo. He's uh, he kicks guys' ass. He's just he's a cool character. He's a, he's ethnic. He's dark, you know, darker skin, which I think was a factor. He just seems like he's got the it right. He doesn't need John Cena. Yeah, but I'm- he's over. He's over already. And Ambrose is great on the mic, and, and you know people love him too. I don't think these guys need him. No, but you know what? I think it does a couple of things. It sets up great storylines with not just the guys who are left on the shield, but it sets up great storylines for anyone else that they decide to, to throw into that mix. It really elevates everyone else's status. But aside from that, I think the biggest problem that the fans have had and WWE has had is that over the last couple of months, maybe the last couple of years, Ever since when guys start picking up a little bit of steam and they're over, we automatically assume that they're not only main event ready now, they're ready to stay main event for the long haul. And even though Dean Ambrose is over, and he's probably going to be over with no problem, but even though a guy like Seth Rollins is over too, but as great as, as, great as they all are, really, are they all ready to stand alone and stay at that level 100%? I mean, why not just continue to use senior, senior stardom to just keep the ball rolling without having to put the pressure on them carrying the ball themselves? You understand what I'm saying? Like without well, having- well, one thing about Cena is that, you know, the Shield are cool. Both of them are in their, their own way. Cena, we've kind of established he's not. Right <laughs> among the kids and the uh, the women, they love him, and that's fine. And he sells merchandise; there's no problem with him. But he's not cool like he was when he first came onto the scene and was rapping and all that. So to put him with the Shield, I don't know. I almost feel like it would hurt the Shield. Actually, that's a that's a pretty interesting idea. Does Cena lack of full support from the fans hurt the Shield? I'm not sure if it would or wouldn't, but I mean. I personally think right now the Shield should be as far away from John Cena as possible because I think having him with the Shield just makes the Shield just seem like another part of the show. Because let's be honest, you know, if you're the Usos last night, uh, I guess being with John Cena didn't exactly, you know, rub off of that log. He, he basically found the, the new pretty girl in the, uh, at the dance and said, uh, Usos, back at the line. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't see John Cena with the the Shield being a major thing for more than maybe this week, maybe another week here and there, because they both uh, seem to be anti-authority in regards to where you heard the uh, segment backstage with uh, Stephanie McMahon saying, you know, John C- who does John, Thena- John Cena think he is, you know, being against us? So I could see them having a role together. But I, what I think is interesting, with Randy Orton being in the Money in the uh, Bank match, I think that, which we kind of discussed before the break, but we didn't get fully into this, I think the next step is at Money in the Bank, the remaining members of the Shield versus Rollins and Triple H. And then at Battleground, you could have Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. And then at SummerSlam, you either do Triple H versus... Roman Reigns, or you have Roman Reigns versus uh, Dean, uh, versus Rollins. So I think that's where they're mostly to go. So, I mean, I'd love to get your guys' take on that. Do you see the next step because uh, Captain Boring, as we call him, Randy Orton, is in the Money in the Bank? We see a tag team match 
with Triple H still being involved in the ring. Yeah, I mean that makes it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea, Corey, from you. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, every now and then, um, you come up with a good one. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's a really good idea. I think that that's a good way to go. They've already established Orton as having a quote-unquote vacation, and and it'd be another way. It'd be a way for Rollins to get involved in the action, and Triple H, who seems to still you know have an active role as a, as a wrestler, in there. I, you know, that does make a lot of sense to put him against those guys. Uh, I like the idea that they tried to get him, but they weren't able to get him, and I hope they continue that as far as the Shield trying to get Rollins. I hope they continue. I hate when they, you know, when they have physical altercations very early on in a feud. So, uh, but yeah, I could definitely see them going that way. I mean, 100% agree. As uh, as Jay said, every once in a blue moon, you come up with something. That was one of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> now, one thing I want to move on to, and I, you know, I wanted to ask you, John, about this. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Daniel Bryan since he got the title, um, how his you know push or lack thereof has really gone between the Brie Bella stuff and the screeching and the cane and the you know corporate cane or not corporate cane or demon cane or whatever. Isaac Yankum. <laughs> we, we've been talking about where this is going with Daniel Bryan. The last two weeks he hasn't been on TV. He was stripped of the title without him even being there. He had uh, everyone's favorite Cena defending him last week. What, what do you think about what's happened with Daniel Bryan over the last few months since WrestleMania? I think I think going back to before WrestleMania, just to, just to add to this, I'm not so sure this was all WWE's plan in, to begin with. I think the... I think, actually, the fans kind of won them out, and they decided, you know what, we're kind of in a good place to set up this storyline where he's just going to overcome everything. And, and I think they took something that they were messing up and had an opportunity to make it actually work really well in their favor, and they did a great job of it. After WrestleMania, I agree with you. It's kind of like, what, what do you go? where do you go from here? I don't necessarily think that's Daniel Bryan's fault, although, like any administration, they would, they would probably would peg it on him, but... Um, I think his injury had a big deal. I mean, even with his injury with Sandy, what were they going to do with him? I don't know. I I agree with that. I, I think it's been kind of stagnant. Um, going to the title thing that you were saying before, you had that conversation with Corey. I agree with Corey in the sense that I don't think it's 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 the right time. I think it's a little early to start breaking up the titles. Now that he's gone, um, I think they they should keep it together. Um, but I did love your idea about the too many the mech patches. I I had I. Did not even think about that at all. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and now I hope to see that. See, this is why, and for people who don't know, I stopped uh, paying attention to the rumors pages because they set up expectations for me, and, and, and I was getting let down when it didn't happen. And Jason Brooks just set up a huge expectation. For me. <laughs> and now I'm going to be mad if it doesn't happen because it's awesome. It's, it's freaking amazing. All right, let me, let me bring up something here. If you want to have a second Money in the Bank match, the guys that you would more than likely put in it are all the guys who lost in the actual Money in the Bank matches to get into the title. To get into the match for the title, how does that make those guys look? So all the losers, Ziggler, uh, Wade Barrett, RVD. So you weren't good enough to get into one title match, but you're going to get into another one where you might you might even have an easier chance to become champion. That kind, unless you've got guys that weren't in these qualifying matches, and let's be honest, the guys who are on the roster, 
that aren't going to be in these qualifiers matches at all? Are you really want to mostly see any of them in a Money in the Bank in the first place? You think the fans? You think the fans really care about that though? For instance, if you threw Ziggler in there, Ziggler won that match. You know that the fans would go crazy over that. I'm not saying no, but I just yeah, think- I agree. I agree. I, I agree, John, wholeheartedly, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because what you're going to do is look at it like this: the Barrett Sheamus match. You could say those guys were on a pretty even level, correct? Well, I think Barrett is more over than Sheamus, but. Sheamus is Triple H's boy. So Barrett and Sheamus are even maybe Barrett a little bit higher. RVD and Cesaro, we know Cesaro's a little more over than RVD at this point, but RVD's still, you know, a guy. Ziggler is definitely more over than Del Rio, and people would love to see him win. They still chant his name somehow after all he's been through. So the guys who are in the money in the bank, with the exception of Orton, who's, you know, you could say, quote-unquote, main event guy, they're all on par with the guys who are in the title match. So I don't see that as a real far, you know, a, you know, a big difference between the guys who are in the Money in the Bank title match and the guys who are in the who, who would be potentially in the Money in the, in the Bank briefcase match. Yeah, I mean, Sheamus is in the title match. You think anybody wants to see Sheamus win? Fella! <laughs> I mean, come on! Uh, I guess I don't know. I just I just think the idea of you lose you lose a qualifying match and then all of a sudden there's a really good chance you're going to be in the other Money in the Bank match. I just think looks I don't know. Just it doesn't look good. At least you know in the uh, in my opinion. But you know you guys more than likely will be right if there is two. I mean who else? I mean let's be honest here. Who else is going to be in this Money in the Bank qualifying matches? Well well. Uh... Let's, yeah, I was just going to say, is Brock Lesnar going to be in the uh, title match? I don't see him coming back before SummerSlam. I agree with that. I think he's going to come back at SummerSlam and destroy whoever won today, whoever wins at Money in the Bank. So, I mean, yeah, I mean that's your other big bullet left in the chamber, but, I mean, the other guys that are going to be in qualifying matches, I mean, even the, the remaining ones, like, what, are you going to have Big Show in a match? What, he beats... Uh, he beats Damian Sandow with one punch, and then uh, we got to relive, you know, the idea of, you know, a super big, stupid-looking ladder so he can try to climb it. I mean, uh, who else is going to be in there? Rusev? You know what? It's, and this, this brings up something that I know that we don't have a lot of time left with John because we've got to move on to our final segment. But, yes, Lana's hot. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to. Had to get that in there. Lana's so hot. Lana, hashtag Lana is over. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, you know, putting guys like um, Rusev or Bo Dallas, if they're not going to win the match, does it kind of hurt them being new characters losing a match like that or no. getting lost, maybe? No. I think it, I think once they're on that level in that match with guy, I always tell you this, Corey. Once you, first of all, Bo Dallas and Rusev, they need to go against some guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that fan, those, that audience was falling asleep last night when Xavier Woods was going against Bo Dallas. Um, you know, Xavier Woods, the black Brooklyn brawler at this point. They need to put them against some competition. Um, so I think it would do nothing but help both Rusev and Bo Dallas if they were involved. I, I don't know, I think it's a little early for Bo Dallas to put them in a Money in the Bank title match. Or a Money in the Bank, I'm sorry, briefcase match if they went down that road. But I think it would do nothing but elevate those guys. I, I don't see either one of them making that kind of a match. But if they did, 
the reason why it wouldn't hurt a guy like Rusev, you know that Rusev is going to have a good five, six-minute spot where he's annihilating everyone involved in the match. And that's what you expect for a guy like him. You don't expect, no one expects him to win, but you expect him to look like he's the most dominating thing WWE's ever seen for at least a good six-minute stretch. And, and uh, he is pretty amazing. I mean, physically, anyway, he's pretty, he's pretty amazing. Um, now, Jay, before we, uh, before we call it a day for uh, our second segment, which, you know, tons of people, as you can see, with 15,000-plus, listen to. I'm letting. The, I'm not going to let that number die for at least like two or three months. Let's. I'm going to run that into the ground. Right, like, don't, you know. don't don't pull him in there. <laughs> Keep going. All right, but you're not the one behind fifteen thousand plus. Is what you <laughs> To be involved is at least. Uh, it's nice to be nominated. You're one say. of the two behind fifteen thousand plus. Um, okay. Go ahead. But I guess another, the other issue is, which we, we discuss a ton, and it's good to get a fresh take, of the, uh, of the NXT, I know we discussed before the show, uh, John, you haven't had a chance yet to get into the NXT product due to multiple things, but of the new crop of NXT people, the, the Adam Roses, the Bo Dallas, the Emmas, the Paige, you know, of those people, Rusev, are any of them have seemed impressive to you, any of them? feel like this any of these guys can be the next maybe not even the next main eventer but the next guy that you actually care about what they do i mean is there anyone in this new gro- new crop of nxt guys that have come up which you've been impressed or besides lana <laughs> what i'm about to say probably is a little contradictory i think first of all triple h i and i haven't been into the nxt product but from the overall impression i've gotten from everyone who's made the mainstream roster First of all, I think Triple H is doing a pretty, pretty good job and uh, needs to be left alone on this little project. He's, he's done an amazing job, and I, I look forward to seeing future NXT stars arise. Having said that, to answer your question, I haven't seen anybody who I think is going to be the next main event star. I think um, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for a guy like Rusev to not become the next Umaga or anything like that. Uh, without without a valet or without a manager. I haven't heard him talk, so I don't know what that's about. I'm actually not impressed with Bo Dallas. I told that to Corey before. Um, I think the gimmick is pretty decent, um, but I feel like he's still a little green. I feel like he still is not main event ready. And hey, John, he's been in FCW slash NXT for like five years. Then maybe he's so, never... I mean, if, maybe, if, he was, if he's still green... Maybe I mean, he's, maybe he's never going to be ready. But but I'm, I'm telling you from what, it, what it, it sounds like, the way it comes across on the mic, I'm just not overly impressed on the mic. Like, like Corey said, like his uh, sibling, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, there's just that it factor. I don't feel it from Bo Dallas. Um, his in-ring ability, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing spectacular about it. So he's just not blowing me away. Um, he, to me, he wasn't worth the video package that I've watched week after week after week. So far, that doesn't mean he's not going to blow me away in three weeks or a month. But right now, he's not doing it for me. And I need to see a little bit more of Adam Rose. I don't know what happened. I, why wasn't he on? Did I miss something? He wasn't on he got, he got, I think he got hurt. He got he got his eye cut pretty good, so maybe that's why. They oh, okay, didn't have I'm, uh, it's a little fun. It's a fun gimmick. I you know I can get into the. Um, I'm on a softball team. One of the softball teams we played against, 
the whole time they were going, oh, 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 they were doing that whole, you know. So it's it's definitely catching on, and it, that's something I could definitely see getting getting big if given the proper opportunity. He might be cool. Um, I like I like his look. I like his style. I think for his for his build, he's perfect. So I, he might be something nice to watch in the future. And uh, like always, want to thank our guest Jonathan Olivo, who you can always. Follow on Twitter, Johnny 23 Thank you again, John, for coming on the show, and we're going to have you on again real soon. Thank you. Thanks, John. We'll be back. Well, I know you guys, but you can't be that disappointed. I mean, you just can't expect an A-plus recovery from a B-plus player. That's right. You can't. And don't blame us. I mean, listen, guys, at the end of the day, this is not the Daniel Bryan fan club, okay? This is the WWE. It is a business. And what is best for business is having a champion that can actually defend his championship. Welcome back to a show that is definitely over, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Once again, I want to thank our guest this week. Jonathan Olivo, which you can follow on Twitter at JVillJohnny23, where he has his fun poking uh, fun at celebrities, to say the least, and puts up a couple of other interesting things here and there, I'm hoping. Uh, Jason, we brought up in the last segment uh, the legendary Ric Flair. He uh, recently passed a physical with the WWE, which hopefully doesn't mean he'll be back as an active participant in ring. But hopefully, you know, he'll be able to use the other gift that he has besides, you know, marrying and divorcing women who take all his money. <laughs> Is that a gift? He's been married like five times now. It's, and every single time he plays alimony. I mean, I don't know how, how good that's going for him. But um, possibly using the gift of gab, you know, talking to the talking to the people, getting him in the arena. Um, could we be looking at the next, uh, at least, hopefully not part of the authority, but... I guess in this case the anti-authority figure, figure, figurer. I don't know something like that. In regards to the guy who will be the face like GM again. I mean, it's possible. You know, Brad Maddox is gone. There's no, you know, Vicky was discarded. It's a good point, Corey. I mean, Vicky was discarded. Brad Maddox is gone. It might, it you know. It could be a way for Vince or someone else to bring Flair in. Um, you know, I get annoyed at the authority figure angle sometimes, and if it's Rick Flair against Stephanie McMahon, I think that sometimes takes away from some of the other guys in the roster. But Raw is three hours, so you can say there's plenty of time for everything. Um, I could see him having one of those roles. He could be, you know, kind of a manager role, uh, really come in and, and help his, you know, help his daughter and kind of be her manager. Um, although I'd rather them not go that way, I kind of want Charlotte Flair to be on her own a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of avenues and ways they could go with him. I think they have to be careful because, you know, that promo he did with Evolution and the Shield was not well received. I thought it was he struggled a little bit. I think he's a bit of a loose cannon, as we saw during that video game expo thing that unfortunately got Jim Ross uh, fired from the company. Um, they, they, they have to be careful a little bit with him in terms of picking his spots. 
you know, he can't be out there like Stephanie doing three segments on Raw talking. I, I, I think it could really go wrong. I think those were some excellent points. And But one of the things that Ric Flair has said in the past was, there's one guy who actually our, our guest John brought up, he might be interested in maybe managing or mentoring, and that's Dolph Ziggler. So, I mean, maybe he'll be back to be a, a manager for maybe a Dolph Ziggler type. And maybe doing that, he, they want to make sure that if there's any physical interaction, it's, you know, we don't have another Jerry Lawler situation. Yeah, I do, we do not need to see him in the ring at all. I mean, he is a 60-something-year-old man. We absolutely do not need to see him in the ring. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be fine. You know, he could help Dolph out. You know, but Dolph can get himself over in the mic. So, I don't know. But you know what? I, I, this is what I'll say with that. If that means that Dolph is going to be pushed by him having Ric Flair, give him Ric Flair. Because I'm sick of seeing this guy not get in, um, you know, not get pushed. So, if Ric Flair needs to be the guy to help him get pushed, so be it. But you know, you could look at the other end of that, in, of the spectrum, is when they, a lot of times in WWE and in TNA and WCW, once we got away from the whole entire full horseman, him putting over guys as their mentor hasn't worked. AJ Styles didn't work. The Miz didn't work. You know, uh, Little Nate and Char- the referee Charles Robinson. None of these things seem to have worked because he's too big being Ric Flair that the other person just gets overshadowed. So, I mean, as much as evolution evolution worked. Yeah, but, you know, you also had Triple H there. So, I mean. Yeah, but I think he he wasn't with the most talented of guys. I mean, he was with a, you know, he was mentoring a referee, which was silly. I think him mentoring a guy. The big thing with Ric Flair is. When he's mentoring him, it's all about Ric Flair. I mean, that's half the problem. Um, he needs to not be Ric Flair. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how you do that. You know, he's all about himself. He's all about style and profile. And he's all about being the man. And I think he's almost like, you know, it reminds me of, in a, in, in a sense, in a basketball sense, Michael Jordan. Uh, where Michael Jordan said in his Hall of Fame speech, at 50 years old, he could still beat most of the guys who were playing. You know, I feel I still feel like Ric Flair has a little bit of that in him, and I think he would need to say, "I'm going to take a step back. I know I need to take a step back. I I need to let this guy be the star. Can he let a Ziggler or whoever be the star? I don't know. Um, now, I, like I said, it's always it's, it would be nice to see Flair back in the fold as a member of the WWE family, absolutely, but. I think his role as being a supportive father to uh, to Charlotte, I think right now is enough. Having him on these NXT shows, doing some stuff here and there, I think that's fine. I don't know if I need to see him on the main roster right now. It'd be great to see him as you know a special guest here and there. But I don't know if we really need to see him every week. I agree with that. I'm, I love Ric Flair. He's probably my favorite wrestler of all time. But I'm all set. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him for 30 years. I, I, you know, I, I can see him every now and then come out. Other than that, it's fine. Like they say, you know, less is more sometimes. And unfortunately, and hopefully next week uh, when we have another, you know, special guest host, Kevin Hart, it'll be less is more. Just wanted oh to throw that gosh. in. There. I think I think it'll be fine. I'm not. 
you know, the guest host thing, I think we're used to it now. They don't kill it with the guest host, and they don't try to do too much usually. So I think the Kevin Hart thing next week, it'll be, and for those who don't know, Kevin Hart will be the guest host of Raw. He's coming out with another cinematic classic, Think Like a Man 2. So uh, we've got to have him come out and, you know, put him, put his movie over. Um, but I think, I think it'll be fine. They've done a much better job with these guys. They have them come out in one segment. It's usually not too bad. They got three hours of Raw. It's not a big deal. I'll be live tweeting it, of course pulling my hair out, what little hair I have out, but I think the segment won't be a big deal. You, you have a very nice uh, hair. As he, as he goes and pats it, you know, <laughs> making sure it's still there. Thanks, uh, Corey. <laughs> but another thing that I saw in Raw that I just, I was getting, want to get your opinion on. I don't know if you fast, and if you fast forward through it, then there's no point to continue this conversation, but uh, they had one of two that I've seen so far PSAs that they're doing for Fathers with Father's Day and I guess the Titus O'Neil one. Titus O'Neil. Do you? What did you think of that? I thought it was nice. I don't know. Go fish and then be a father, be a dad. You know, it was nice they had an African American guy do it, black guy do it. I thought that was nice. Um, Titus O'Neil seems like a like a good guy. Like in real life, he's like a father of four or something. So he seems like a good guy. I thought it was a good promo. Uh, you know, for PSAs, be a dad. Don't be a punk. I thought it was fine. Have you seen the Roman um, Reigns one yet, or no? Uh, what, what, isn't the Roman Reigns one? He's like, I don't know, having a tea party right. or something like that. I don't know. Now, yeah. How do you, I, now, how do you think these type of? Now, I know they're a thirty-second thing that most people will have, you know, fast-forwarded when they're watching on the DVR and may not even notice it. But do you think when a character like a, I know Titus O'Neil's a mid a mid level to say at best character, and you know Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns and he's the future of the company. But do you think these type of promos or PSAs? Do you I think they can, Do you think they hurt a character? No, not at all. Especially listen, when you're coming up as a heel. Listen, these guys all we got. We know these guys all have kids. They, these guys all have families. These guys are married. This isn't like the 80s where you thought that, you know, uh, you know, these guys, you know, Colonel De Beers was really from South Africa and whatever, you know, and, and was, you know, whatever it is, where these, these gimmicks of these guys were really that. They, they seem to live their gimmick in the 80s uh, a bit, uh, maybe a bit too much, which is why a lot of them, unfortunately, passed away early. But... I think we know that these guys are fathers, these guys are husbands, um, and that they, you know, they, they, they have that, you know, uh, these appearances, you know, even the, the heels during appearances, fan appearances, you know, they do stuff and they interact with the crowd. So no, I, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal at all. As a matter of fact, with Reigns, it might even get him over more, uh, because the women might like him more and saying, oh, he's such a good guy, he seems like a good guy. Um, you know, and with Titus O'Neil, to be honest with you, he's a, you know, low-level job, job or heel anyway, so I don't think it really matters with him. And it's a good exposure for him anyway. Okay, well, I was saying also the idea, if you're doing these type of things, especially with a Titus O'Neil, is it smart to have him or anyone else you do it as a face while they're, they're running these, these, pro, these, these PSAs? Because, you're like, one of the things when Dave Bautista came back, for uh, his latest run, they want him with the movie and stuff. 
they wanted him to be an initially a face. You know, so I mean, if you're a public op- part of the family of the company doing stuff, I think you, usually you think they would want them to be good guys. Well, I think they wanted. I want. I think they wanted Dave Bautista as a face because I thought they. I think they thought they he would get over as a face. They'd make money off of him, and he'd win the title, and everyone would love him. I mean, the movie thing, I'm sure, was a part of it, but I think that was absolutely a part of it, too. They thought people would be excited to have him come back, and, um, you know, that'd be a part of it, too. I don't know, Corey. You know, I, I think in this day and age, you know, back in the 80s, we didn't know for sure wrestling was scripted as kids. Now everybody knows wrestling is super scripted. We know kind of what it is now. We know it's a male soap opera. Um, we know these guys have lives outside of their career. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it as a big deal. I really don't. Um, I think kids may get a little confused, but I I don't I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. Um, one or two uh, last things this week before we call it a day. Uh, let's let's go with an, a character that both of us love, but we would both agree has been used very poorly at not even recent weeks, recent months. Damian Sandow, a guy who's doing the most with the least. Do you see? Uh, this turning into an actual push? Because you know what? When I saw the initial Wade Barrett bad news stuff, which I thought was at times funny, but I didn't think it was going anywhere, you could have very easily said that this was just uh, a mid-level, you know, gimmick that's going to go no, you know, that isn't going anywhere. And Wade Barrett got over and it turned into an actual thing that people related to with the, the whole bad news, you know, the bad news gimmick. Do we? Do you think Damian Sandow has a chance with the crowd actually during his interpretive dance, which I thought was actually kind of funny, could actually turn this into an actual gimmick at some point and be over? Or is he, what would they or is turn? He what would they turn it into? What would he be? What? This is the question. What is Damian Sandow? If you're going to say, well, you know, what is he? In order for me, to me, in order to get a gimmick over. On a consistent basis of fans, the character has to be something. He has to be somebody. What is Damian Sandow? I think that's what we're trying to figure out, if one of these things actually works. And that's the problem. If we don't know what he is now, then the gimmick isn't going to get over. If we don't know what he is, the gimmick's not going to get over. We have to know what he is. Before he was kind of the, the, the genius guy who was a heel, I thought that character was awesome. I think it still works well. I think, you know, maybe they feel like, I don't know, that Barrett kind of st- steals a little bit of that thunder. I have no idea, but I, I thought that character worked great. With what he is now, we don't know what he is. Every week he's a different person. We don't know whether to laugh, whether to boo him, whether to wait. When you don't know what to do with the guy for sure, that's also a problem. So I don't see this gimmick going anywhere. I don't see him getting a push. You know, I, I don't know. I, I hate it, Corey. I hate it so much. I think they should go back to, to doing what they do with this guy. Have Santino do that. Santino's not good in the ring. He's a nice character. He's fun. Have Santino be that guy. Why are you doing that to a guy who's very, very talented, who could be a world champion? He could easily be a champion, Corey. There's no doubt in my mind that he could be a champion. He's got everything you need. He's tall enough. He's big enough. He's good enough in the ring. He's good enough on the mic to get himself over. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
All right, uh, last subject of the day for the 15,000 people who uh, will be listening to this show going forward. Our favorite show every week is uh, NXT. Just want to do a quick thing about NXT here. I thought it was actually, for what it was, quite good, and it was entertaining. I wanted to get your thoughts, because I know you thought it was really cheesy, but it was good for what it was. But Tyler Breeze has a music video. Was that something that the character growing a little more that you might want to see on the next level? Or was it just three minutes of television, which you wish you got back? I thought it was fine. I, I mean, I really think they're building this guy up as HBK. I mean, um, it, it's just, it's really interesting what, what the evolution of his character. Um, I, it was fine. Um, I, I think, you know, again, I didn't watch most of it. I watched like a little bit of it. Um, and I liked that the end he kept thanking himself. <laughs> um, I thought it was good. I think I think his character. I, I think his character, Corey. We've been talking about it. We talk about it all the time. I think he probably has the best chance out of the guys who are in developmental right now. I think he has the best chance of being a champion at some point. I, I absolutely think that. As it stands, as you know, if the gimmicks are all what the gimmicks are, I think he has the, the best chance of of being of being a champ. Um, but yeah, NXT, it's a, it's a solid show. I mean, it, uh, Justin Gabriel match. By the way, Justin Gabriel, what happened to that guy? Um, he's really talented in the ring. But uh, that that match was really good. The Charlotte Bailey match, I thought she did a good job of following up against Natalia. You know, in a very good match. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really solid. I thought it was good. It's you know, it's a just just a good simple show. They don't hit you over the head with anything. They don't do too much. Uh, everything's really quick. It's just such a well-done, compact show. I love it. Well, on that note, the thing that you do a lot better than I do, because I can barely get the words out of my mouth when it comes to it, uh, how about you uh, let us know how people can get involved with the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, You know, follow you on Twitter and everything else. All right, so the best way to get our podcast is follow us or go to our website, workshoot.podomatic.com that's www.workshoot.podomatic.com um, we're asking everyone to subscribe either on iTunes or the RSS feed so that you don't miss an episode so you can download us anytime um, so we're definitely asking you guys to please subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear um, you can also get us on Twitter at workshootpod I live tweet raw I don't live tweet impact anymore because it sucks uh, sometimes we'll do TN, uh, sometimes we'll do, sorry, NXT shows. Um, we try to do all the pay-per-views. I'm looking forward to live tweeting Ring of Honor in a couple weeks, more than likely. So we try to live tweet. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. Uh, the Work Shoot, uh, Wrestling Podcast. That's the Facebook page. You can go to it. We update it. We put things up, links, things like that. I put up a hilarious thing that, um, my buddy Eddie Z from the Kitchen Sink put up with Robocop. WCW when RoboCop it was an angle where four horsemen locked Sting in a cage and RoboCop came and broke him out. It was one of the most horrendous things I've seen in wrestling, but it was great. So we put links up and things like that. So uh, that's how to get a hold of us. And speaking of that particular clip, I just want to say that uh, our guest from earlier today, John Olivo, thank you again for coming on who's at uh, jvilljohnny23 on Twitter. I had nothing to do with that idea back in the day with because uh, I saw that comment, John. 
I saw that comment. Um, one of us here, you know, was a, both of us were big fans of WCW, but that's not one of their prouder moments, let's be honest. But uh, why do our usual things? First of all, can't say this enough. Want to thank Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net for joining us last week. And you should definitely go to ProWrestling.net. Check out his site. He's got a ton of great content. If you're listening to us, like he said last week, you love audio. They've got free stuff on there. And if you want to join, you can go there and find out how to get tons of audio. They do about seven or eight hours of audio every week covering NXT, covering Raw, SmackDown, pretty much everything you can think of when it comes to wrestling. They, they have great takes on. So, uh, once again, thank you very much, Jason Powell, for uh, coming on our show and letting us, letting all of your li- uh, viewers of your website know that uh, you enjoyed having, being on our show. But uh, before we get out of here, just once again, like always, check out the Morin's Law website run by our buddy Christopher Morin, who blogs about MMA, wrestling, and whatever sports are going on in his mind. And uh, check out the Kitchen Sink Podcast with Eddie Z and Chris Wizard, which they will be coming back next week with uh, with new programs. They've taken a little bit of a uh, hiatus, but they'll be back stronger than ever. And uh, like always, Jason, thank you for doing the show this week. This is Corey Richmond, Work Shoot Podcast. We've made it. See ya. It's time for your weekly dose of the king of cuteville the definition of delish and your new number one contender at nxt takeover i did exactly that i took over when i beat seth rogan's less good-looking brother sammy Zayn, and now i'm on my way to the nxt championship nxt universe feast your eyes on the three-time MTV Euro award-winning music video, my music video. Is it my eyes when you look at me? They are so gorgeous, they'll set you free. Could it be my walk or just my stare that makes you freeze when I appear? Super good looking, every hair in place. Everyone loves this gorgeous face. You can't deny my beauty shot on everything that you are not.